Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the review of Leeds 2 Wolves 1. In this episode, we focus on Leeds pressing in particular, how different they were compared to last season, and how they took advantage of Wolves' slack passing in order to build up to their goals as well as their chances. Now, for Wolves, the focus is on their individual quality, and we shall also look at their FPL relevance later on. Leeds United, with a full pre-season under Jesse March, could only lead to one thing. Systemic press. Leeds front four pressed Wolves back four perfectly hand-to-glove. And it was no surprise that they forced Wolves into all sorts of turnovers and this led to a lot of Leeds shots. Now, the idea here across the game was that Leeds' nature of shots were basically corners and counters. And this is not a bad thing. Corners usually lead to shots that eventually result in rebounds that are high XG. That is less predictable and we're going to focus on the counter-attacking nature of Leeds' side. Now, when I say counter-attack, I don't just mean the counter-attacks at speed where Leeds have a player running at full tilt with the ball and then they have a cutback for a striker like Bamford to score. An attack that works off a counter-press where they win the ball off the Wolves' backline counts as a counter-attack as well. So this occurred several times and the most common theme that Leeds took advantage of was Patrick Bamford's running. I'd like to take a moment here to appreciate Patrick Bamford. Returning from injury as a number nine, he's basically evolved his role to adapt to the modern demands of the Premier League simply because when you are up against two centre-backs, you cannot stay still. Bamford's role basically was to create this quote-unquote five yards of space between himself and his centre-back opponent, whichever he chooses. So when Leeds had possession, Bamford had to make his movement count and so he did here. Not just in his assist for the winner for Enori's own goal, but also just generally in open play where he chose his moment, he waited for the Leeds fullbacks in particular to receive the ball, and he would peel off diagonally into the channels, but not too far into the channels where he was ineffective, just enough to receive the ball and put himself into a really good position to shoot. Now, having said that, with Leeds, because so much of their shots were won off Wolves' fullbacks in particular, the beneficiaries were their two wingers, Aronson as well as Jack Harrison. What's important to note here about the Leeds wingers is that they did not win the ball off Wolves from their individual duels. For example, when Jack Harrison pressed Johnny, it was Aronson that had the free space to win the ball back. Conversely, for Leeds opener, when Aronson pressed a Nuri, Jack Harrison was the one that drifted all the way from left to right flank in order to win the ball, in order to defeat Rodrigo for his opener. Now, this pattern occurred regularly across Wolves' back four, so it remains to be seen whether they can do it against back five defences. But for now, we can assume that it is this interchanging of position that results in direct attacks in direct goals perhaps as well as a common pattern of their shots as well as their corners later on 
Watching Wolves is basically a throwback to the early 2010s, simply because in this particular side, they relied on their individual quality so much that it was easy to stand out. Pedro Neto on the left had multiple tricks and pirouettes as well as shots that resulted of these tricks, thankfully. Podence drifted from central to right flank while dropping deep at times to link play for shots. And even Huang himself, as a central striker, managed to drift to the right to at least cut to the byline, act as a pivot, and play in some shots. Now, a recurring pattern here is that Wolves consistently target Leeds' right side. So they operated a lot of Pedro Neto, but Pedro Neto didn't necessarily become the assister or the goal scorer. What happened is that whoever played central, whether it was Huang, whether it was Gibbs White, they would be the pivot and they would play in a player that drifted into that left flank. So Podence did it a couple of times and towards the end of the first half, then Donka himself actually burst forward from midfield into that left half space in the penalty box just to have a high quality shot for himself. Now, as the game drifted on, especially when Leeds took the lead, Enuri himself also drifted into that space, attempting to break that very tough Leeds barn door down. And in this case, they were not successful. And what's concerning here about Wolves is that they didn't forge any particular partnerships when under pressure because in the end, it is partnerships between two players, the one-twos, the little flick-ons and perhaps even long balls from Neves that find a particular striker that would seal the deal. So they didn't find it here. And for FPL purposes, it's important to understand that finishing matters most when you're dealing with a side that relies on individual quality. So for now, Podence with his goal remains the best option moving forward. In a nutshell, begrudgingly, Leeds are an impressive side now under Jesse Marsh. With their systemic press, the main avenue of their shots are crosses and counters, but this also largely owes to the movement of Patrick Bamford with his 5-yard distancing, as well as the fact that the Wolves wingers are now actively winning the ball back themselves. With Wolves themselves, they are reliant on individual quality, and that goes without saying given the amount of talent they have. With Guedes' introduction, it remains to be seen whether he will be a like-for-like replacement or whether he will be a central striker in the absence of Raul Jimenez. But for now, we can at least assume that he would lift the individual quality of each player and perhaps forge some partnerships in the near future. This is FPL Teacher speaking and I will report on Newcastle 2, Forest Nil next.